I can only hear parts of it. Really? Oh, this stupid remote stuff. But I know what it is. I know that it is Modern Family. The beginning, the beginning, the beginning is what gets it. Yeah. And you never hear it past that moment right there. That's usually where it ends, right there. Yeah. Which they just had their their final show. Yeah. Uh, I think I was supposed to wait and let everyone else chime in first with comments, right? <clears throat> well, you didn't say it. I don't like you revealed it. I did say it. You did? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I did. Well, wait to st- everybody's thunder. Uh, that's what I mean. That was, that was really good looking at you. I'm still figuring out this new model we're using for our theme songs. I know. Did anyone guess it before I did? I'm, s- I'm still looking up our posts. <laughs> <laughs> to see if we're actually live. Yeah, Cornelia McKenna got it really quickly. Well done, Cornelia. Good. Good. Well, well good afternoon, done. everybody. Welcome to... That's exactly what it was. Welcome to Joel and Rob's podcast. That was Modern Family, which just wrapped up. It's, I don't know, they went they went a while. Eight, nine, ten seasons? Ten. Ten seasons? Ten or twelve? Yeah. Something like... It, they, went, they went like two or three years too long. Yeah, but, goofy. yeah, but the, but it wasn't as bad as say Friends, where their last two to three seasons I really did not like at all. But when I when I have watched them yeah. the last year or two, I still have enjoyed it. I love Modern Family. I think it's a great show. Um, uh, hilarious La- makes me. It's one of the few shows that I would laugh out loud um, when yeah. I, oh, yeah. when oh, I yeah. watched it. And Where's there's your favorite characters there. Uh, oh, definitely Cameron. Um, I love Cam. Cam's a good one. I loved Cameron. Um, Longinus, just because of the name. Longinus. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great name. That's um, a good name. And then, um, and then Phil. I think Phil yeah. has always been one of my favorites. Phil, Phil and Cam, what was so adorable about both of them, but in different ways is that they were so authentically themselves, you know? They were I, so sincere. You know, very different people and authentic and very, like, different personality styles, but loved how just authentic and real, and they just did not give a Fig Newton about <laughs> what other people had to say. No, you you hit it and right I there. I admired that about both of them. Absolutely, absolutely, yep. Um, they... <clears throat> They did not shy away from being themselves at all. Yep, which is great. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, I, so, I I also loved Ed O'Neill's character too. I mean, he was he was fantastic, and to see him have this have this kind of resurgence in his career too over the last decade was great. Because um, we remember yeah. him from Married with Children when we were younger, um, but uh, a great role for him, and he. I, I read somewhere that he was not their first choice. Someone else said no, and which is how it goes in these kind of things. But um, and then he just nailed that. I think that, that part. was Craig T. Nelson. Remember Coach? I do remember Coach. The- My gosh, is there a theme song to Coach? That that is. I wouldn't remember that one. Yeah, I was talking about 
uh, theme songs with with Kim yesterday, and she brought up half a dozen shows that I had not thought about, which made me realize that when I go to find a show, I'm going to this list of like the top 50 of all time, which are great, and we have kind of pillaged that list um, since September, but it's now time to almost, okay, um, they're, like she she mentioned, and I'll, I'll get there eventually, she said, have you guys um, played the theme song to ALF? And I went, oh my gosh, I haven't, A, I haven't thought of ALF in 25 years, B, I have no idea what their theme song is. C. I wouldn't know Al. C. I'll be finding it very soon. <laughs> oh boy! So we're at the point now, Rob, where it's time to get into some really obscure shows okay. um, that will be really challenging because I think we, we've we've hit a lot of the big ones. But fair enough. There there are still some real classics though that we've been saving. Absolutely. So. I know what my at least my last show for the we make the road by walking podcast as robin joel's podcast will continue um in the fall with season two but for we make the road i already know what my last song is going to be which i'm sure you could figure out if you connect the dots yeah Ooh, lenore just had a good one leave it to beaver that's a classic theme song <laughs> the beave yes so classic to wait uh Leave it to Beaver. Remember, <laughs> it has a. It just goes through. You need to give me more than that. Tony Danza, no, not Tony. Tony. Who was Wally? The guy who played Wally. Right. I think what we just lost. We, track. In the um, last uh, ten seconds, we lost half of our viewers. So let's I, let's keep going. <laughs> I suck. Move on. <laughs> Um, but seriously, did any do, do you remember the theme song that Modern Family? You know the trend that it carries with it. No, what what trend are you talking about? No lyrics. Oh yeah, yeah, we have talked Modern about that. Theme yes. songs tend not to have like the great. Ex- there there are a few exceptions, and they both revolve around Big Bang. Big Bang had lyrics, and Young Sheldon has lyrics. Yeah, is. Is Young Sheldon's theme song, was that a previously recorded song, or did they record it just for... Because the the old trend was they made TV theme songs from scratch, right? Um, yeah. And the new trend is just to throw a song that's already been made. Yeah. Friends started that. Yes, exactly. My, my theme song knowledge is disgusting, isn't it? It's impressive. It really is. Yes. It's kind of pathetic. Yeah. Um, but we're glad you got... Oh, Tony Dow. Thank you. Yes. Tony Dow. Ooh, Perry Mason. Howdy doody. We're getting some good ones. Ooh, Perry Mason. There's so many. There's so many. There there are. I mean, and I what, what I love, I think when Joel and Rob's podcast moves into its second season in the fall, I think we're going to keep this going, of the, the TV theme song. It's just a fun way to begin, you know. Or we'll make our own. Or we'll make our own, which could be fun to do, actually. Yeah. If we're going to make keep this under 30, we got to go. Okay. Well. (laughs) (laughs) So, folks, we're grateful you're with us. We're, uh, uh, as we do two podcasts a week, one of the podcasts is still We Make the Road by Walking as we continue in our congregational study of Brian McLaren's great book. And uh, one of our uh, 
uh, podcast per week is now topical. Uh, last week, our topic was did God cause the pandemic? Um, but right now, on Monday, we're in the book, and we are in chapter 35 this week. Which is titled, The Uprising of Discipleship. The scripture that Brian uses uh, is John 21, verses 1 through 15. I think the story he tells goes a little past 15. Um, But uh, he's been taking us through in his resurrection stories through John. And this is the story that comes right after the uh, Doubting Thomas story. Uh, And Jesus coming to the disciples and encouraging them to go out into the world and to um, forgive and be um, agents of peace and reconciliation. So this story starts with the disciples deciding, or a small group of them, maybe four, I believe, including Peter, uh, to take, um, take their boat out and do some fishing. It's early in the morning. Um, <clears throat> they are not catching anything, and Jesus appears uh, on the shore. They do not know it's him at first. He encourages them to put their nets out to the other side of the boat, and they catch um, just a giant load of fish. Um, They realize who it is. Uh, Peter jumps into the water, and they slowly go back to shore, And then they sit around a campfire that Jesus has prepared for them. He's prepared a meal for them. Um, And uh, Jesus has a conversation with Peter where he asks him three questions. Um, Do you love me? Three times. Actually, the first one, which I didn't notice this until Brian noted it. The first question Jesus asks is, do you love me more than these? And then the next two are, do you love me? Um, but I hadn't caught that first question. And, and Brian kind of notes it by saying, what does he exactly mean when he asked that question? Um, so let's jump into this scripture first before Brian's chapter. What stood out to you, Pastor Rob, <clears throat> in this story? Uh, well, it's the, it's kind of a, you know, a, it's the bookend to the original call of the disciples when mm. he goes and says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of people. Yeah. Um, and here they are. Yep. They think Jesus has died. So they go back to the only profession they've ever known, which is fishing and they're fishing for fish and they can't do it. And then with Jesus, they not only catch fish, but he calls them in and they share a meal. And again, there's something about meals and recognizing resurrection. Mm. It's there again. It's like the road to Emmaus, which we talked about last week. Um, And and we're uh, going to talk about this Sunday. Yeah, this time. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, The uh, disciples this time, once again, are called to go not literally fish for people, but the, it's a transition. And, and uh, I love Brian's definition of disciples, uh, but this is really a transition from being disciples to being apostles. Mm. In gospel, you know, they've been disciples all the way through, and now they're getting essentially charged to be apostles. Mm-hmm. 
which is very, I mean, they're very similar, similar and related. Yep. Uh, the other thing that uh, I noted was exactly what you pointed out. Um, I had always assumed that Jesus' question, do you love me more than these? I mean, very clearly, he's asking him three times to, according to John, reflect Peter's threefold denial of Jesus on the night of his betrayal. But um, the more than these, I had always assumed that it was just more than the other uh, disciples. Mm-hmm. And I'd all that is a really strange question. Like, really, does Peter have to love you more than James and John? Mm. Like, that's, that's so strange. But then I never thought of it more than these, more than maybe he's talking about the fish, mm-hmm. you know, sustenance and the nets, the means to catch the fish and the boat and the way of life Peter had lived prior yeah. to following Jesus. Do you, do you love me more than this, more than this way of living hmm. enough to follow the way I've shown you. And yep. that to me was like, Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. That is <clears throat> excellent. Um, I noted that these resurrection stories in the gospels are, they're all just a few people. They're the disciples. They're, they're the people that we, that we've been on this journey with through the gospels, but it's Jesus <laughs> and just a small group of people he doesn't come down and uh, gather at the temple in Jerusalem. Um, he chooses his 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 people, but it's just a few people that he he meets with. I've always loved the picture of Peter jumping off the boat because you can imagine him at this time. He's I'm guessing he's he's filled with some shame uh, and guilt. Um, and when he sees him, I, I picture him still with those feelings of guilt, but also back in his mind, there is this trust that what's awaiting him on the shore is love and grace and mercy. Um, and he is so looking forward to getting to that. Um, Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, he can't. He can't wait to get to it. Um, even though he still <laughs> he still feels guilty. Um, so his his joy in <laughs> let's let's grab an oar and just row to the shore. It's like uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. I'm diving in. I'm so excited to see him right now. Um, it's just a, I've always loved that picture. And Peter is all is that. Wow. Is that disciple that uh, um, stands out from the rest, and just that he's he's just a bag of emotions. He and he he wears his heart in his sleeve. You know, you just love that about him. Um, so he's either super great or super bad. Yeah, <laughs> there's really no in between with Peter. Yeah, but I love that. I mean, that's powerful, Joel. That's beautiful when you see love and grace personified. When you, when you see and know what love and grace is and where it is, then you rip off your shirt, you jump in the water, and you go get it. Exactly. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I never... That's powerful. Mm. Yeah. Mm, thanks. All right, let's jump into oh, Mac- McLaren's Good chapter. Um, Brian, kind of as he does with some of these chapters... Uh, 
takes us into the story and, and invites us into the narrative of the story. So he kind of leads us through the story that we just told. Um, but what stood out to you in chapter 35? Uh, two things. And one we were just talking about uh, with Peter. I loved, <clears throat> I loved Brian's description of Peter <clears throat> and how mightily Peter had fallen and this internal struggle going on within Peter. On page 179, it's the second paragraph. Yep. When he sees, when when Peter sees Jesus, it's as if all Peter's failures melted behind us in the past, like a bad night of fishing after a great morning catch. Hmm. The path and its failures didn't count anymore. What counted was love. Love for Jesus and love for his flock. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> good yeah yeah i i underline that too and i think that just needs to we need to let that sentence just sit the past and its failures didn't count anymore Um, we tend to think that they do we're the ones that yeah try and tie and handcuff ourselves yeah for the past Names and burdens of life that we're not willing to let go of. Yeah. Just that beautiful, I mean, it doesn't get much worse than denying Jesus Christ three times on the night the man was betrayed and sentenced to death. Yeah. And, you know, if Peter can become, quote unquote, the rock on which Jesus builds his church, I mean, mm. it doesn't matter. What matters is love of God and love of people. It's a really good point you make um, and how when we are dealing with failures in some sense or just living up to be not who we want to be in whatever pick a context, um, how the, the, the struggle is not between us and God. The struggle is between ourselves usually and our own expectations and our own um, <clears throat> Uh, need to be perfect or to be right or to not fail. Um, it's it's something I've, I've learned, oh, this is not between me and God at all. This is just me working on me right here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's not, will God forgive me? It's, um, will I accept that I've been forgiven? Mm-hmm. You nailed it right there. Yep. Um, How about about you? Yeah, a couple things. Uh, When he describes, as as you did, um, the follow me invitation, that that this story harkens back to the beginning of Jesus inviting his disciples to follow him. Um, And Brian says, this is midway through 179. Follow me. Three years later, it's still about that one essential thing, following him. Him, Of course, that's what the word disciple has meant all along, to be a follower, a student, an apprentice, one who learns by imitating a master. So apprentice is, we don't hear that too often um, when describing what it looks like to be um, a disciple. Um, 
and sometimes disciple, it's got, I wouldn't say baggage, but it's got so much religiosity kind of wrapped up around it. Um, we can, we can make it into, we can, we can give it more emphasis than sometimes it, it, it needs. And apprentice is another word I think that is helpful that I'm going to keep kind of chewing on. Um, someone who's watching and noticing and attempting to kind of live in this particular way that someone else is an apprentice to a master. Um, uh, I think it's a great word. I love that word. Yeah. You have to model, you have to learn from somebody who's going to teach you the theory of the trade, but you also have to learn from somebody who's going to model you how to live and do that trade, right? Yep. I think it's a great model. Yep. Our religion is so much more than cognitive understanding of theological theory. I mean, and I think so much of the church just that's that's what church is to them that's what faith is it's it's a cognitive intellectual enterprise yeah connecting belief actually to any number of of better words than the english tr- translation of belief belief in the greek should better be translated as either trust right mm-hmm. i trust in jesus therefore my life is going to look like i trust in jesus or i beloved jesus mm. That's a better word than I mentally assent that this person is who he said he was. Um, yep. I think apprentice is a is a great word. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, and I love what, what comes else? next in the next paragraph. Uh, even as we try and be disciples and apprentices, right? That doesn't mean we are perfect. Just look at Peter. But it does mean we're growing and learning. We're humble and willing to get up again after we fall. Always moving forward on the road we are walking. As Jesus modeled, never-ending learning and growth for us. Mm. We'll model it for others. Who will model it still for others. Yeah. And yep. that's that kind of point I was talking about. That's that very subtle shift, right? From discipleship to apostleship it's not that apostles still aren't disciples i think apostles all are still disciples but apostles also assume the role of showing it to others mm-hmm. others mm-hmm. of of taking on taking on the role of revealing this way of life somehow some way mm-hmm. yep I came back to the very last paragraph um, where he says, to be a part of his uprising, we must be willing to fail a lot and to keep trying. We, we will face long, dark nights when nothing happens, but we can never give up hope. So even in... Over and over and over again. In the midst of this Easter season uh, of good news, Brian includes this um, uh, this ending, this almost benediction that this Christian journey <clears throat> it it not only failure is a part of it, but failure um, to almost see it as your friend in some ways. Um, 
uh, with Peter as the example, um, I've kind of learned slowly in my life that failure or not living up to who I want to be, if I can embrace it, can ultimately lead me to God. I think that's what we, we, we find in Peter is his, as, as, as you said so well, to accept that we have been, that he has been accepted, basically. Um, that if we can let failure become the norm, um, not, not that the, the norm is the wrong way to say it, but that it happens and that it can be, it's just a way of life, um, but it can also push us towards the grace and mercy of God. Um, uh, it's now time to, to, to cue the Richard Rohr music, but he, he said this one time. He said every day he asks for a little failure, just a little failure, um, <clears throat> to, to keep him humble, but also to remind him that he is accepted just as he is with all of his gifts and skills and with all of his shortcomings and with all of his failures. <clears throat> so I think that's what, that's what Peter is a shining example for us um, as we continue on this journey of faith, but just on this journey of life. <laughs> Yeah, amen. We're not going to mess up worse than Peter did in the eyes of God. Yeah. We're not going to pray God incarnate three times on the night, on his darkest night, literally. Yeah. Um, and yet Peter is every bit loved and called and equipped and a good model of moving on. And there's this great line that Bob Ross says. I love Bob Ross. The I know you do. From, from PBS, you know, he says, you know, I don't believe that there are, he always says, you know, there are no mistakes, there's just happy accidents. Mm -hmm. But one of his other lines is there really are, the, the only failure there is in life is a mistake you don't learn from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, said so mistakes are incredibly valuable lessons. But yep. you have to learn from them. Yep. And of course, he's talking about it in the context of painting, but... Yeah. Bob but, Ross is also uh, a great metaphor that goes into... He's talking about life. Yep. Yeah, he, he, he absolutely does. The mystery of faith. So this this is a pretty good um, podcast that spans from Richard Rohr to Bob Ross. <laughs> I tell you, we... have gotten the theological giants in. And, and Cam and Longinus from Modern Family. <laughs> And Pepper. Oh, gosh. Oh, Pepper. Yeah. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll be back uh, Wednesday at 1 o'clock for another Joel and Rob podcast. We'll be with you tomorrow night for um, spiritual practices at 7 o'clock. And uh, Janess Hall will be on Facebook Live tomorrow at 1 o'clock for family faith formation. And then back on Sunday for worship at 10 a.m. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you soon.